You're listening to the Mountain Wellness Podcast. Mountain Wellness is a health and wellness lifestyle brand empowering mountain athletes for outdoor adventure. <laughs> I don't know if you pause for a second. I was going to start busting out. I'm like, don't laugh because I can see Corey's like, he's like, wait, what are we? Wait, wait. Oh, I need like five seconds. No, no, we're good. That was funny. I heard you wrestling like paper or something. And I was like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> all right. What's up, mountain athletes and outdoor adventurers? Welcome to another episode of the Mountain Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Reed, and I'm joined, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Mike Maina. What's going on, brother? Oh, California to Montana, man. It's just a beautiful day here in SoCal. Yeah, you guys got some good weather. Oh, man, I hear you do, too. Finally, huh? we're just coming out of the winter. Yeah, dude, we're... Uh, dude, it's been... Well, what, number one, it was a mild winter altogether. Yeah. Like, uh, th- that was this was my third winter in Southwest Montana, and uh, I would say if I was to compare it to the first winter here, night and day, mm. like black and white. Yeah. It's crazy. So the first winter, which would have been what two thousand eighteen or nineteen? Gotcha. Eighteen, yeah, eighteen. Um. From my understanding, it was like one of the heaviest winters that they've had in 20 plus years. So even down in the valley in Helena, we had snowpack for the entire winter where this year we had, you know, basically every after every storm we had melt off Um, snowpack stayed obviously up in the higher elevation. But um, yeah, it's crazy, man. So we got some nice warm spring weather. Everybody's out bright-eyed bushy tails hitting the trails pulling their bikes out dusting everything off you can tell it's like it's one thing i love about montana dude in because we have the seasons um you can just feel the energy shift when it starts warming up people get excited right. they start coming out of hibernation dude, just totally true there you know i talked to multiple people in the last few weeks about winter and my brother was saying he, you know, he listens to the podcast. So shout out to my brother, man, because he tells everybody yeah. about it. Uh, but he was saying he doesn't like to train in the winter. Like he doesn't like to exercise or, you know, get on the weights in the winter. He likes to do it in the summer. Same with my other friends. It's like there's something about the winter where it kind of, you know, that hibernation feeling where they don't really yeah. want to train. It's cold outside. And so. I know for me, the last two years, because I was the same as they were for most of my life, and then the last two years with the cold training and doing winter training, yeah, I've now, it feels the same to me. It's like I don't dread winter like I used to, and that's amazing. Yeah, I have a, a similar experience because I trained in, in Southern California. That was home before I moved to Montana, and I was competing in CrossFit and some other, like, you know, wakeboarding and you and I were doing some sport climbing. And so it was, uh, I find like, I definitely find that in the winter, I always sort of like kind of get into like cruise control. I'm not on any like specific programs and, and getting after it in like an intense way. It's just maintaining. Uh, but dude, when I moved here, I was like, well, I, I was fortunate because I was able to get a, a heater in my garage, the first place we lived at. So I'd, I'd roll down there 
you know, a half hour before I'd start my workout in the garage and fire that heater up because the garage would be, I mean, that first winter we were on average temperature was like 10 degrees through the whole winter. So there was plenty of mornings when I'd roll down to the garage and it was 20 below zero. And, uh, you know, it takes some time just for even the, the, the heater to get the garage to a, you know, like a, a, a comp, not even a comfortable temperature, but not a freezing temperature. Um, but with that said, like my, that heater ended up breaking mm. and I didn't replace it right away. And I almost started to, uh, I don't know, enjoy the, that part that the, the cold part of it, it was another stressor. It was like the elements, it was the exposure and being a mountain athlete too, especially I thought about, you know, all the situations when we're out in the cold or in the elements, um, it's not a ideal, perfect situation. It might be, you know, snowing, it might be sleet, might be wind, it might be, you know, blazing hot, like on our first mountain wellness challenge in the Eastern Sierras. Like, so I don't know. I've just become to appreciate like the training. Uh, I, I like training in the elements. I like incorporating the the heat and the cold. I agree, man. It's the unknown. It's there. That's that little bit of unknown with the heat and the cold and the, you know, and then doing weights and just switching. And I've been training. Ver- it's like variable. I wonder what they call that kind of training because it's like variable during my week. It's like some days I do trail runs, some days I do heat, some days I do cold, and I like that variability. Yeah, it's like a cross. It's definitely a, a CrossFit or cross training style, but incorporating the the elements like the heat and cold, the stressors. And yeah. dude, I'll just I'll just give you, I'll fill you in. Like I know I mentioned it to you last week. I shot you a text, but I've been working with Mike Elliott, one of our athletes, and um, after the episode last week's episode with infrared heat therapy. Yeah, and um, I've just been like thinking more and more about that the growth hormone aspect of it and i was like dang i gotta start experimenting doing a little n equals one and so i hit up mike i was like hey mike you down for a a sauna sauna kettlebell breath work workout and so he was he came over to the den and we did um that's the tricky part is figuring out how to like um, how to, to set up the circuits because right. the, the research article that we referenced in, in last week's episode with the double, basically like if you were to incorporate infrared or it wasn't even infrared, it was, it was heat exposure after a workout within, I don't know, I think it was a 15 or 30 minute window. You, you were able to double growth hormone. Interesting. And, right. So, and, and what is so the, I'm like, okay, what does the growth hormone yeah. hormone do? Like, what is its function? I would say from like a lot of people know growth hormone in the bodybuilding world or even in like uh, major right, league baseball right. steroids. But from a longevity standpoint, it's uh, maintaining lean body mass. Like that's what uh, is a big part of not having muscle sar- sarcopenia, uh, which happens as we age. You know, we just lose uh, lean body mass mm. every year, especially after 60. So if, you know, it's 60 years old, if you can go do a kettlebell complex, a little nice kettlebell session and then hit the sauna and knowing you're getting double growth hormone, um, that's huge. Dude, that's going to be like, me. You know it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Dude. So that's, uh, let me tell you about it. So anyways, I'm like, Mike comes over to the den and I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do we, 
how do we set up a circuit? Because I don't have a big six-person sauna, so we couldn't do it together. Gotcha. So what I ended up, how I ended up setting it up was we had a kettlebell station set up out on the main floor. And then I had the sauna preheated. So I put Mike in the sauna first. And I had him do 15 minutes. And while he was in there, he was doing hypoxic breath work. Nice. So he was getting the heat exposure, body temperature was rising, you know, all the, all the benefits we talked about last week. But then at 15 minutes, um, we would switch. But when I, w- I was on the kettlebells first, so I did f- 15 minutes of kettlebell work. Uh, so it was a combination of kettlebell swings, uh, single arm cleans, and then I like these figure eight kettlebell pass-throughs. You basically like do the figure eights passing them through your legs. It's a great like balance, like stabilizer. It hits those stabilizer muscles. Oh, I l- great for borders. Man, I, l- I love kettlebells, so I gotta learn. I gotta learn that one. I gotta. I gotta look into that. Yo, I'm gonna get this workout dialed in. So when you're out here, we'll we'll be able to we'll we'll throw down on it. So, so yeah, you guys so were generating some ahead. heat then. If you got, I mean, if you're doing this, you got the swings going, and then you go into the sauna. So what did that feel like? What's happening? Well, that that was the interesting part because you know he started in the sauna, right. and I started on kettlebells. So it's it, it di- two different stimuluses. Sure. Um, so it was interesting to get his feedback. Now I I noticed that definitely doing kettlebell 15 minutes of kettlebells that's a hard workout for anybody sure. like I, I shouldn't say for anybody but doing 15 minutes of kettlebell work at sub max like you know heart rate and just really i mean you're pushing it it's a hard workout yeah so my body temperature was was definitely elevated when i stepped in the sauna so the the sweat just started pouring immediately it wasn't like that build up <laughs> yeah that I, I usually so. happens right right but but here's the interesting thing and Mike experienced this too on the second round, not the first. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what Mike's experience was on the on, with the starting in the sauna. But the, the the cool part was your with the kettlebell swings. I was you know firing muscles, so muscles were contracting, they're tightening up. Like I was in, I was doing strength work, physical exercise. But then you'd go into the sauna, uh, sweat would start pouring but you would also start melting away. Like my muscles would start to relax and I would like almost get loose again. Um, mm, right, right. Okay. That makes sense to me. Yep. Right. But also I was, I went into breath work. So I think it was, well, I know it was cause I talked to Mike, but breath work was much easier for him on the first round, starting in the sauna, understandably where I was coming into it very stressed, uh, like we're not stressed, but my body was already, um, in a in an aroused state, right? Because I was I was doing kettlebell swings, and I come into sure. heat. Then I start doing hypoxic breath work. So you were doing hypoxic so, so faster bre- pace in the breath work. Okay, I was just going to ask yeah, what Wim, kind of breath style. Yeah. Yep. So a Wim Wim Hof style okay. hypoxic nasal deep nasal breathing thirty cycles. Nice. You know, hold at the bottom like our 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 mountain wellness style of, of breath work. I haven't done that yet and in there. Then, I'm wait, I can't, I'm like, I've been doing uh, like a box breath and it's been really amazing for me. I haven't gotten lightheaded or anything, but I want to work up to doing like a Wim Hof style in there. That's got of That's yeah. And cool. Full disclaimer, like anybody that's starts to experiment with heat and breath, like you want to be careful. Yeah, for sure. Like you, you, anytime you're doing it in water, always have a partner. Anytime you're doing you know, breath work around water, never do it by yourself. And then anytime you're even with heat, good idea to have a partner, be careful with that stuff. Um, 
So anyways, another 15 minutes, we switched. So now I come out of the sauna. I've already done 15 minutes of kettlebells, 15 minutes of sauna with breath work. And then I go back into kettlebell swings. And that was like, I really enjoyed that because, you know, I, I, I love being around the water, um, like growing up surfing, wakeboarding, and then even like water polo. There's something about physical exercise being mm. like just being on either the pool deck or coming out of, of the surf. Um, so I, you know, I, I just have board shorts on barefoot, no shirt. Sure. Cause I want to get that full infrared exposure and I'm just dread. Yeah. I mean, sweat is pouring everywhere. We had to pull it. We had to mop the whole <laughs> the floor <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, but it's amazing. You feel amazing after that. Oh dude. So then, you know, we had hand towels set up. I thought ahead. So you grabbed a hand towel and you went right back into 15 minutes of kettlebell work. And it was like, it was a different feeling at that point because you're coming out from the heat, super relaxed breath work. I don't know. You just like, my mind was right. And then, you know, Mike was in doing his, his, uh, second round. And then we, so anyways, we finished up, man. And it was, we both agreed it was something that we had never felt before. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have, it was almost like you had this feeling of being totally physically exhausted. Like you just, but on the other hand, like the endorphins, I think from the heat and the breath work, it was almost, we were all like zen out, just like super (laughs) relaxed. Uh, and I slept like a baby that night. Uh, like, well, I shouldn't say baby. I slept like a rock. I don't that reference sleeping like a baby. Anybody that's had babies, yeah, they're up all night. Yeah, that no, well. That's funny. No, I mean, I totally, I totally get that. Um, and I, and I, and I really, I'm really curious about if you were to implement like a tub with not even freezing cold water, just in the 50s or 60s, you know, just to come down from that at some at some point in the circuit yep. i wonder what the what it would feel like i mean I, i'm definitely curious well that's that's the next experiment like i definitely want to get it next year in the winter it'll be easier because i can prop the front door or the back door open and have a little stick because you're coming out of the sauna i was in board shorts soaking wet yeah from sweat that's true so if you step into 20 degree 10 20 degree weather outside just standing there for probably five minutes you'd probably get a chill pretty quick being wet absolutely um but this summer definitely want to start experimenting incorporating the, the cold part of it because i can see where because we know our friend kenny down at oak park crossfit los angeles and then logan over at deuce and they're doing the the uh even xpt laird hamilton stuff the whole fire and ice training. Oh man. Yeah. So being able to come out of the sauna, really high body temperature, and then be able to like go into a really cold ice bath or water. So anyways, I I love the hormetic stress. (laughs) I haven't forgotten that one, man. It's like, it sticks with me every time I think of that fire and ice. It's like, I don't forget that experience, man. No, I thought of you the whole workout because I'm like, man, if we just had a nice little ice tub right now. Well, I think it... During the workout too, when your your body temperature is that that high and you're also doing breath work, it's a lot easier to to have that mindset of like, okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go into this cold tub versus, you know, you just roll out of bed in the morning and you're taking your morning shower and you're like, all right, I gotta do my I gotta do my cold exposure. Like that's in my opinion, that's like the hardest time to do your cold exposure. And oh that's man, what I used to do. I, yeah, that's the I worst. Just like, 
oh, dude, I take my, my normal hot shower. And then the last minute, you know, I'm like, okay, three, two, one. And I'd, you know, switch the, the water over to cold and you'd sit there like, oh, <laughs> I like to use it for recovery. Like, a, like I like to do the tub after a run or after I've generated some heat, but going in from just being relaxed and going, okay, I'm going to go into really yeah. cold water now. That's when you, that's when it, you know, that's when the mind has to just turn on and be, uh, it's funny because Wim says, you know, so much of it is is in the mind uh, and and less about the body, which is, you know, always kind of intrigued me. But I do understand it more about the mindset because, you know, as soon as I went into the infrared and started breathing, all of a sudden I took control of my how yeah. my my whole physiology was responding to the heat. I mean, I could feel the yeah. major difference. So I get it. But, you know, he's done crazy record-setting things, and, you know, he claims his mind is is, is taking, There's, you know. I've thought a lot about it, and I, I, and I think it's a, he's absolutely right. I mean, he's really harnessing that, like, um, you know, we're capable of so much more than we think we are. Same, same thing with Mark Devine, like the whole 20X right. idea or concept. But there's still especially with cold in the elements, there's still, you're walking a fine line. Mm. Uh, you know about his, his, uh, when his cornea froze, when he did, he did <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, the, I don't know what the distance was that he was covering, but he was, I think it was 50, me- 50, 50 meters. 50 meters. That sounds right to me. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was, it was far, so far enough. It, it's far, like 50 meters. That's what in, uh, you know, Bud's training, SEAL training, um, the 50 meter swim is one of the most dreaded anxiety provoking tests that they have for, you know, in buds for, um, seal candidates. And he did that and freezing water somewhere in the Arctic. I don't even know. And it was under ice. So he had to go from hole to hole. So he had the mindset he did it, but in that, I don't know, halfway through his cornea froze and he went blind. Yeah, he couldn't and see he it. Be rest- yeah, he swam see past it. it. Yeah, dude. That when he tells that story, I always get like the oh man, that's just a, it's intense. Oh no, that was you know without a diver down there, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have gone well for him. No, he would no. So I, I get the whole like yeah, we're capable of so much more, but there is a fine line. Like if you're di- if you're in freezing water, it's like there's only so much time Whoa. before your, your cornea freezes. Right, and and I remember on this subject. But I think it was the 80s when they were doing high heat and cold uh, training, and there were a few heart attacks. A few people had heart attacks. And so I yeah. I want to look it up because just so I remember what it was about. But they so they kind of were, I guess, big sports you know organizations cut back on that that style of training. But that style of training has been around for years. Um. Well, that's, you know, it's, I know a little bit about that. So when we dive in the cold water that it's called the, the diver's reflex and that's that feeling that, <gasps> right. The hyperventilation sort of for like, a moment. Yep. Yeah. It's like almost shock. Yep. So that is the vagus nerve response. So vagus nerve is a, is a cranial nerve that basically goes through our entire body head to toe through the organs uh, and, and it's really a, a, a huge part of um, how we respond to environmental stressors. Mm-hmm. So that, that is one reason why 
cold is a is a really good way to like basically like uh increase your what's called your vagal tone your 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 uh resilience or your your vagus nerves response to those stimuluses but if you have a pre-consisting heart condition um gotcha. having like that really you know abrupt shock can cause some cardiac issues but most of the time from what i've read that people those are people with underlying cardiac issues like heart issues yeah, because I believe uh, so you, down at Kenny's, it was like the temperature in the spa was somewhere around two hundred degrees. I mean, it was—I know it was at least had to be at least one seventy, and I know, yeah, it, yeah, and I know for sure the bucket that we were getting into was ice from top to bottom, so that was close to thirty-two. So if my heart was going <laughs> to burst, it was going to burst coming in and out of that. I mean, you know what I mean? The the drastic change was so—it was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to last week's episode that, you know, we talked about the biggest benefit from heat exposure saunas was cardio, the cardiovascular benefits that, you know, that finished study Yep, talking about extended lifespan, eight to 10 years, three times a week doing saunas. Like, you know, that is, that's kind of the whole idea. If, you don't want to take someone that say has metabolic uh, issues. They're overweight. They don't exercise. They're like their heart necessary. Like it's not doesn't have good conditioning. So if right. you took someone like that, just threw them in the fire. Threw them, dang. Threw them in the fire and then threw them in the ice. <laughs> that's right. That's that's gotcha. maybe not the best approach. But if we start doing intermittent doses. Um, like my client I talked about last week that's just came off chemo treatment. So we got him on a, a, a 15 to 30 minute sauna protocol, you know, and I, I tell him to really assess after 15 minutes, see how you're feeling. And we can increase the dosage, you know, as he builds resilience right. to the heat. Right. Um, but then on the top tier level, like Mike and I, one of Mike, Mike Elliott, one of our athletes, he's got a baseline, you know, he came to us looking to to increase his performance you know and so i can take someone like that and be like all right now let's start introducing this breath work this heat exposure go a little harder i got you right and it's going to build the not only is it going to have the cardiovascular benefits but going back to the the vagus nerve that they call a vagal tone like that that uh that resilience to stress so when you dive into cold water you don't have that <gasps> feeling anymore and that's our coaching I, I mean you know when it, you know coaching is important obviously but when you get into these stressors and stuff and you're working on you know increasing these stressors a bit at a time that's when coaching just becomes like vital someone's got to know yeah you know? absolutely it's important on the safety aspect yeah. it's 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 really important for because this type of training, if you overdo it, that's when you cause big issues. Right. Like, um, you know, all the all the stuff related to overtraining, being fatigued, sore all the time, cranky, uh, you know, even beyond that, start having thyroid issues. Um, it can cause a lot if you don't if you don't dose it right. But if you have a coach that understands it and you can you can hit it with these nice like intermittent doses along with a strength training program, strength conditioning program, along with nutrition, along with sleep, along with recovery. It's like, dude, I can't wait to see how Mike does. Mike Elliott does this race season. Um, Cause he's been training with 
Mountain Wellness now for a couple months. Dude, breath work, I mean, it, as we know, is becoming a foundation to, to everything we do. That's definitely going to take his uh, his experience to the next level. I mean, I don't know how far, yeah. but we know it will. I, you know, he hasn't expressed this to me. I mean, he definitely talks about how breath work has been a, a, an excellent addition. Where I think that it's going to benefit him the most is actually in competition Mm -hmm. because when we're doing when i got when we're doing strength workouts in very crossfit style training um but everything is like everything's nasal breathing whether i have his mouth taped to to make sure that he doesn't you know and and the way i'm approaching it is i tell him like when you reach a point where you you feel like you have to mouth breathe put the kettlebell down, you know, stop doing whatever movement you're doing. Let your heart rate come back down a little bit to where you can maintain that nasal breathing. Uh, it's a slower approach to like building that, raising that, that sub anaerobic threshold. He's learning the gears but, though. Yeah. Yep. As you know, over time, man, he's going to cut when he gets out on the course, he's going to be able to maintain nasal breathing at a higher output than he did before. And he's going to start blowing past guys right. on hill climbs and those, those other parts where you really have, I agree. Dude. And- I can't wait to see this, this result of this. And I, same thing. I have my, my uh, Cameron's doing the breath work with me for CrossFit, but his girlfriend is, is in soccer and she's really good. She's one of those, you know, like in yeah. junior high and then she's playing with varsity kind of soccer player. Yeah. And so she wants to do the breath work too. And, I'm I'm thinking of the you know third fourth quarter on the field everybody's mouths hanging open and they're getting tired and I'm like and if you shifting gears you're going to have that extra you know you you take the ball to the person with their mouth hanging open gasping for air that's where you take yeah. the ball you know so they have that advantage it's just a it's just another tool for an advantage over you know an opponent anyways yeah it and and that's what Mike has talked about like it's helping him it's bringing more awareness mm-hmm. to to his breath and and when you have more awareness of how you're breathing you can be more aware of like your level of exertion your level of physical exertion and that's huge he's an endurance uh athlete mountain athlete so um because it's your power plan i mean it's literally that's how your energy is created so if you have control over how your energy is created i mean you have the advantage right and you don't want to be as an endurance athlete so he's doing the butte I believe the Butte 50 this year. He might be doing the 100. I think it's the Butte 50. So that's That's like a famous, it's one of the the hardest mountain bike races in the country. And it's, it's 50 miles through the mountains in Montana, just like in the mountains in Montana. It's, it's, I mean, it's rough terrain. So I don't know what the elevation climb is on that race. Um, So he, he signed up for that one. We're, We're getting him prepped for that one. And then he's also got two, uh, endurance races where he's trail running uh, ultras, I think a 50 and possibly a hundred he signed up for. So that's, that's um, awesome. Yeah. When you're doing that kind of mileage, like the last thing you want to, like you want to, you never, unless it's absolutely necessary going to that, that like glycolytic state. Yeah. Like you want to conserve as breathing. much energy as possible. I would think, and yeah. at least know when to hit the gas, but you know. Yeah. And that's like, I love the gear concept of when you start doing breath work and 
you can start to figure out, okay, when, you know, I know my energy output here. And then when you're out on the course, it's nice because let's just say he's going head to head with a guy on, you know, say towards the end, the last few miles. Um, and he's maintained nasal breathing 75% of the race. Um, his, like he's not going to create as much lactate. He's not going to create as much oxygen, reactive oxygen species, like all the, the metabolic waste, which makes you sore and fatigued and starts. So then at the end, man, if he needs to dig and hit the gas and and get in and hit the gas and and default to mouth breathing, he will be able to do that. And you know, that's where, that's where the, that's where champions are made right there. And he should that, last that longer. Knowledge. You know, he should last long. Conceivably, he should be able to go longer at that point than than the other person. For I would admit, it totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the flip side, another update for, uh, I guess this is going to go out Monday, but next week um, you guys can join us. But the Recovery Den tonight is our first recovery yoga session with Melanie Williams. Uh, we're totally stoked to have Melanie on board. And um, so, yeah, yoga every Thursday night, 530 at the Den. If you're in Helena, join, come join us. It'll be a good time. No, man, I love yoga. I know. I'm, dude, I, I've never done it other than Seal Fit with Mark bringing us through that and stuff. And I loved it then, but I just haven't. You know, it's hard for me being blind. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that. It would be hard, dude, because I mean, even I can see what's going on and I have the hardest time getting those positions. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, because totally. it's in reverse. Like, I'm looking at her and she's doing the opposite. <laughs> like, I'm all screwed up here right now, but, you know, eventually you just learn the yeah. moves, but like, I have a hard time with it. But what excited me is when I finally got good at it is when I started doing breath work and then I tried to incorporate breath work with the positions and I did a lot better. So then I got excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited. That's kind of our trade. Um, and that's what I was going to talk to you about and share with the audience too. Is So I had, you know, Mike Elliott, our, our athlete that we've been working with, and he's been experiencing the benefits of breath work from, I guess, the athletic standpoint. Sure. But it's interesting because I, I uh, brought Melanie through her first breath work session uh, a couple days ago. And she's like, she. it's awesome because she's not your like, uh, Gumby, flexible, like yogi type, you know, like hyper mobile. Yeah, like sticking their ankle behind their head and stuff. Totally. I got you. What <laughs> you see, the one you see in Whole Foods getting a kale shake and climbing into a suitcase. Somehow they fit. Yeah, it's, totally good. <laughs> I know what you're saying. You <laughs> smell their body odor from like five feet away. You're like, oh, they're like, yeah, I'm natural. I'm all natural. Dang, like, man. Yeah, those are hardcore. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, Melly and I were kind of joking about that. She's like, yeah, I'm a Montana yogi. What'd she say? A Montana redneck yogi. I was like, cool. That sounds like my kind of yogi. That's funny, man. Um, but anyway, so like we're trading. She's going to take me. We're gonna, I'm going to get some personal instruction with yoga. But I got to share her, you know, do run her through her first breath work session. And it was interesting because, you know, breath is a foundation in yoga. Like that's totally pranayama. Huge. I mean, that's their whole yeah, you know, yeah. But what she told, she expressed to me is that same type. I did our you know mountain wellness style hypoxic um, breath work. It was probably a 15, 20 minute session, and a typical yoga session is about an hour. But she told me that like after she was done, that 
that was the feeling that she gets like on those just incredible yoga sessions, you know, or, and it's, it's probably just, it, I, I would imagine it's probably related to the endorphins, you know, mm-hmm. you just the nitric oxide, the, the endorphins, the endocannabinoid release, um, or the cannabinoids. So you do get this like high, but I thought it was interesting. I got excited because I'm like, huh, being a biohacker and, you know, like it, I, I almost saw it as like, huh, that's, it's almost like a biohack. You could do yoga, which yoga incorporates the movement part of it, or you could lay flat on your back, focus just on the breathing and kind of like go through this 15 minutes mm-hmm. intense breathing exercise and reach that state of this, you know, one hour yoga session without moving, without moving. And that reminds me of the heat where doing the same thing in the infrared uh, mimics so closely to out exercise to, to doing like a, like a five yeah. mile run. I, I swear my five mile run and my, and my infrared session are not that different in terms of sometimes how I feel. Well, I'd be interested from a calorie burning perspective. Um, I know I've read some stuff like on a, on a 30 minute sauna session, you're burning three to 500 calories. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder what that, what that is uh, in comparison to running like 30 minutes. I wanted to say that, that it was close in terms of calories. That's what made me kind of shocked is, yeah. is that it was similar in calories. And then my, you know, my mouth fell open because I was like, wow, it, I, I didn't move and I felt the <laughs> same way. So yeah, it's uh, incredible to have that, you know, but then that, that brings us to uh, something that we use in all of these things, which is uh, minerals to keep us, from getting yeah, too depleted. That's a, it's actually a great, great segue yeah. um, with uh, all the different stressors because, uh, you know, we want to talk about the importance of electrolyte balance day and minerals in particular, uh, or like the essential minerals, I should say. But uh, I know for, for me, it was something that my coaches... Kenny in particular brought to my attention in a competition. Uh, that's where I was, you know, first, I guess got interested in minerals and it wasn't in the competition. It was a comment that Kenny said to me. Mm. Um, and, and basically like, well, let's set it up this way. Um, I think salt or sodium is the, the probably the most, uh, is a good example of how misunderstood, <laughs> Uh, minerals can be in the importance of minerals. Um, there's so much information out there. You know, you look on the, the American Heart Association website or, you know, the FDA or any of these government organizations and they talk about like keeping your salt to a minimum. Oh man. Like your sodium intake. Salt is bad. Salt is bad. I hear that everywhere. Yeah. Salt is bad. Salt is bad. But just like everything else in health and wellness, gosh, there's so much more to the story, mm. right? It's, it's totally. not just, it's not just salt. Um, same thing, not like, all salt, like sunlight, same thing. Exactly. Exactly. It's all in what type of light you're exposed to, just like what type of salt that you're consuming. Mm. Um, so back, I don't know, I think it was the fifties or sixties. There was a, a national, um, pandemic. It's kind of interesting to say that word now as we are coming out of a yeah, <laughs> we know pandemic. It, we know it well. <laughs> But there was a, a national pandemic um, with uh, across the population, across the population of people with low iodine. Mm. 
Mm. And uh, low iodine is like iodine is, uh, is a mineral and it is really, really important for thyroid function. And it, if we, we have low iodine and we don't have uh, sufficient iodine, we can have all sorts of thyroid issues, even to the extent where you're like an autoimmune disorder Mm. called Hashimoto's. So the government decided, okay, well, we got to fix this problem. How can we get the population more iodine in, in, in the people? So they decided to infuse it into table salt. Uh, and, you know, standard table wow. salt, which is a great, it was a great, it worked. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, the iodine pandemic was taken care of. But the interesting part about it is they never got rid of it. So like standard table salt is still infused with iodine to this day. Wow. Um, yeah. And the interesting part about standard table salt is it's it's um, it, it's sodium chloride. So it's stripped of all the essential minerals. So they basically would take, say, a sea salt and they would put it through a chemical process and they would strip it down oh, to man. just that sodium chloride. And uh, well, guess what? When you do that, most of what we're talking about today is the importance of your, your trace minerals, especially your essential minerals. So right there, salt now is not like what they say, watch your salt intake, keep your sodium down. Like that's, that's really what they're talking about. Table salt. Now table salt. Yeah. And then, and, and add the standard American diet going back to, I think we discussed this on like episode three or four, um, which was, what was the title of that one? It was like, take your fat to the next level. <laughs> and we talked about, <laughs> I love that title. I still... <laughs> yeah. But we talked about how, you know, the, the processed packaged food, how they dehydrate it and they, they infuse it with, um, they infuse it with uh, a vegetable oil, you know, which is a, a denatured, like doesn't oxidize. It's been treated. So it's basically like, there's no cellular density to it at all. It's like basically this, this dead oil. Dang, bro. Um, but they also preserve it with salt. That's another preservative, this sodium chloride. So the amount, if you're, you're consuming a standard American diet and, and I don't even mean like a junk food diet. I'm just saying, you sure. know, if you're, if you're just, you know, mo- like most people are, the amount of sodium chloride that you're you're consuming is a lot. It's a lot more than say if you're on like a paleo diet, an ancestral diet, a whole food diet, a primal, a carnivore, whatever your choice is, bulletproof. Um, so just by switching over to an, an ancestral whole food based diet, like right there, you're gonna c- cut that that type of sodium out of your diet, which that's the one that causes a lot of cardiovascular issues which you'd find in the grocery uh, store on just about every aisle i mean basically what everything. you're saying it's like it's, you know yeah that's yep. not even fast yep. food that's so, just general grocery store items <laughs> right so instead of you know instead of wrap um keeping this to the end let's just say right there there's your first uh way to you know be aware of that and then start replacing standard table salt with celtic salt celtic salt is is my favorite uh celtic salt is is sea salt it's sourced from, I don't know, a region over in the Mediterranean, I think, but it's, it's a completely untreated, um, full mineral. It's got, you know, the full mineral trace minerals and all that stuff. Uh, but it doesn't, it's not like a Himalayan sea salt, uh, 
kind of fun fact about Himalayan sea salt, the reason it's pink is because it has a type of iron in it. That's what makes it red. Oh, wow. But that's it's actually not the iron that we, it's not that bioavailable. So you're way better off switching to a Celtic salt or just like a good sea salt. Nice. Um, and right there, you're going to like your mineral intake is going to increase tremendously because you get all the trace minerals from, you know, a full spectrum sea salt. Uh, hasn't been no, stripped out and nothing's been stripped out. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's number one. Like, um, so get rid of this idea of like salt is bad. Um, so let's talk about why salt's important from the, the, the biological and physiological standpoint. Salt is what pulls, it, it causes the chemical reaction. That for, let's just make this really simple. Salt is what pulls water into the cell. So we think of salt like it absorbs, you know, if you mm. like it's it's really good. I remember in fourth or fifth grade, we did this really cool project where we mummified uh, a chicken, not like uh, like we didn't pluck the fe- like we didn't kill a chicken and pluck the feathers out. Like, dang, what cool like, was that? <laughs> no, <laughs> it was a really cool. It was Mr. Wick. He was my science teacher. It was actually a really cool, dude. But yeah, we took these chickens like you'd buy at the grocery store. We went through the whole process of how they did it in in back in Egypt, ancient oh, Egypt, wow. and and the way we did it is you you put this chicken in the bag and then you put like five pounds of salt in there and then you you basically leave it in that bag for I don't know a week or a couple of weeks and it pulls all of the moisture out of the um oh, the, interesting uh, okay the tissue the chicken. Um, yeah, <laughs> great, great example. But anyway, so salt is, is important for hydration. So you hear a lot of people talking about, oh, you know, drink water, drink water, or I should say health coaches or people in health and wellness. Like it's so important to drink a gallon of water a day. I would say it's more important to make sure your minerals are in balance than it is to drink a gallon of water today, uh, a day, because uh. if you don't, if you don't have sodium in particular, you're not going to be able to pull water into the cell. So the absorption. So you need this. You need the it for absorption. the absorption. Ah, I didn't Exa- know that. Exactly. Oh man, I did not know yeah. that. And that's why, Mike. That's why I put. So wait, was the chicken three, dry like jerky? I mean, does it? How dry did it get? Like, was oh, it, dude. It, yeah, it was crazy. So after we took it out, a couple, whatever it was, I think it was a week or two, so long ago. But um, it was. Yeah, it was completely dehydrated. It looked like some bodybuilder, you know, on stage. Competition. <laughs> <laughs> <No way. laughs> chicken, uh, chicken bodybuilder. No. That was a <laughs> that was a funny picture. Um, but no, exactly. Like completely just like shredded, like completely shrunk up, all the moisture wow. completely pulled out of. So at that point, that's when we we wrapped it, like mummified it or whatever we call it, and then you you cast it, and but it was pretty cool. Like we learned about how they preserved and mummified things, but um, so sodium is so important. That's why in the morning when I do my my big ass cup of of water with magnesium, which we can, we'll talk about magnesium next, I always put a two to three grams of Celtic sea salt Mm -hmm. along with it because that will increase the absorption and bioavailability of all of the minerals in there so sodium number one get rid of that standard table salt in your pantry Um, start cooking with celtic salt and then also be aware of it when you're out at restaurants Um, 
and you'll probably be like me. You'll end up start. You'll start traveling with your, <laughs> with a thing of salt, dude. I would need to travel with a pantry in order to get to walk into a restaurant anymore because the oil. We know the oils are wrong. Yesterday we were out eating, and it's like they put sugar on the hamburger. Had yeah. some kind of jam on it, and it was so sweet. I'm like, why are you putting sugar on bison, man? This doesn't make any sense to me. So you're right. Like you, I. It's hard to go out anymore because of that very hard but if you can be aware that's what you know we want to do is we want to empower our listeners and to be educated so they know how to navigate that because i hear you know i'll, I'll be with people that have a gluten sensitivity or gluten free and instead of being able to look at the menu and being like okay i know how to like eat around being gluten free it's like as soon as the, the the waiter comes up to the table it's like uh do you have a gluten-free menu or do you have anything gluten-free? Um, it's much easier when you know, like, okay, um, oh, here they have a they have a pasta. Maybe they have a gluten-free pasta. Yeah. Or, oh, here they have a bison burger. Let me go. This is what I do. Uh, uh, let me go ahead and sub the the white bun bread for uh, a good sourdough. So there's you start to learn how to you know navigate the those best when you, you can out. yeah the best the like, best you try can try to sub stuff out totally right because if we eat good at home seventy five you know say seventy five percent of the time and the other twenty five percent it's like eh you know you do do the best you can because we don't want to affect like there's a social part of that too you don't want to be the one going out to dinner and it's like oh I can't eat that I can't eat this I can't eat that and you know, you're got your arms crossed and you're like, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And everybody's like, oh, here's a difficult one. But you know, what's funny about that too, is I got to say this because I was listening to, to uh, Huberman Labs, one of his podcasts, and it, the, I like to go out to eat first for the social aspect of it. And, and, yep. and I was listening to a podcast and he's talking about these things called some molecule called tachykinin. I don't know if you heard of it, but it's it's something that we, no. I guess we generate this thing and it's not great for us because yeah. this molecule creates, it's it's part of the, I guess where it keeps us more um, paranoid, fearful, isolated. It's kind of a, a, not a nice molecule the way he was explaining it. Interesting. Yeah. And so they were saying in order to combat long-term stress, one of the strategies was to make sure that you are socially connected. And I mean like, you know, Whoa. close friends. And one of the, one of the things he mentioned was going out to dinner for long periods of time and just, you know, hanging with friends in a conversation. And I was yeah. thinking, and it's so interesting because over this whole pandemic, we had some friends that are local and see me that we go to that we've been hanging out with like once a week, and it we both we all felt like we felt much better reconnecting over this time because of the just the connection part of it. It's so all like just listening to the science side of it is that we were suppressing this yeah. molecule that that was you know that that's the other side of this paranoia, isolation, fearful. We were suppressing it by we're actually going into that social circle. And so that's one of the main reasons I like to go out to eat. It's not necessarily food. It's just yeah. that, that social aspect the connection, yeah, which we need really bad. I mean, like the, you know, the population right now, uh, really needs that. So real social connection, not just, you know, waving from a zoom call. It's not, it's different, you know? Well, so, I had two thoughts on that. That's interesting. Like, yeah. One is that Ben Greenfield talks a lot about it. Um, mm. And 
about the blue zones. So the blue zones are these territories in the world of the longest living people. Right. And um, one thing that he's observed is that if you look at those areas in the world, it's not necessarily like that they have these perfect like diets um, because there's actually, I think one of them is in the Mediterranean and like there's a, there's definitely in Europe, there's a more, uh, there's more smokers and more like, like social drinking. Sure. So he was talking about like, well, it doesn't necessarily like, maybe it's not just food and diet. Like there's an importance for social connection. And even maybe you're having a few drinks out and alcohol from a longevity standpoint is not the best. That social connection is probably more important than having those occasional few drinks in the, in those social, you know, settings. I, uh, I totally agree with you. I think at worst case it's the, it's balancing out the drinking, right? So totally. I mean, because no, I, it makes so much sense. And, and I wonder, do you know if that molecule that he was talking about is oxytocin? Uh, I don't. And I, I just know it's called, we need to look it up at some point. It's called tach, they're tachykinins, I believe he called them. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's probably, and I think uh, Huberman, he's a, isn't he a neuroscientist, chemist, research, neuroscientist yep. out of Stanford? Yep. Yeah. So, well, I heard um, it, it, it was uh, a researcher from Harvard when I was at the Bulletproof Conference in 2018. And it was really interesting, but maybe made me think about it is he brought us through this exercise so uh i don't know his his nickname is dr love and he got <laughs> the name nickname dr love was because the molecule oxytocin is um what they call like the love the love molecule gotcha. because it, it has to do with connection like we get a huge surge of oxytocin when we or in like social settings and like uh, with like intimate with our spouse and like there's this huge huge release of oxytocin and that's how we connect to people. But the whole thing that he was talking about, he's a neuro uh, neuroscientist at Harvard, and they did this big Harvard study, and they basically figured out like he works in in neuromarketing, and it's kind of interesting. Like neuromarketing is they look at. They, they take a neuroscience approach and they look at, they study the brain and what makes like the study he was working on was like, they tried to, they were trying to figure out what makes people buy something like what biochemically and, and what's going on in the brain when someone decides like, Oh yeah, I want to buy that. Yeah. Cause if they and figure what, that out, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all screwed. And they did. Yeah, I'm sure they did. They, they did. It was, it was oxytocin. Wow. So he comes out, he, he opens the conference and he comes out on stage and he goes, okay, you know, Harvard researcher, I worked on, you know, I'm most known for the study in oxytocin. We did this huge research study, thousands of people. Um, and basically like, he's like, we made this, this, I think it was a minute and 30 second video clip. And he said across the board in the research study, it made everybody, every participant have a huge secretion of oxytocin. And the only people that didn't have the secretion of oxytocin were serial killers <laughs> or <laughs> like people that are psychotic or whatever, right, right. Like be, you know, people that can't express empathy. 
And so you're looking closely at that so, person sitting next to you, right? <laughs> it's like, did you have yeah, that? Yeah, it was. <laughs> and dude, the crazy part of it was, it, we, it was, like I said, it was the beginning of the conference. So you know that you're kind of like a anx- little anxious. Yeah, you, totally. You don't know what to expect. You're meeting, you know, it's like energy is kind of high. Um, it's palpable. You could feel it in the air. Well, he, and this is the other interesting part about it is I'm, I can't see the video, right? So I don't know what, I don't even know what to expect. Actually, Rob Bushin was with it, with me at this oh, conference nice. but so he rolls the video and within i like basically what it was it was a father in the um being interviewed and behind him and in the background was his two twin boys and he's talking about how difficult it was because one of the twin boys was terminally ill and was going to pass away oh, from man. cancer and he was like you know how do i be strong for the one but I'm dying inside because I know I'm going to lose my other boy. And dude, I lost it. Like I like tears came down, like just rolling down my face and the whole room shifted and you know, the, the video stops and he comes back up there and he's like, yeah, it's pretty powerful, huh? And he, they had someone all, all hooked up to quantitative device up on stage. And he basically went through and, and started going through, okay, look, this is what happened to the brain here. And, this is the surge of emotion, which caused this cascade of hormones, which is oxytocin. And But what the crazy part was after that video was done, everybody was like turning to each other, hugging, like crying. Like the connection was like unreal in there after that. Interesting. So right. anyways, we sidetracked a little bit. but No, but there's a lot of things we just don't understand about the brain still to a degree. You know, it's there's so much going on in the human body that's just, it's unbelievable the stuff that uh, I is. keep learning. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's just... That's why I love the whole like, you know, Dave Asprey's coining the biohacking uh, um, term. It just, it's, it's kind of like hacking the body, hacking your environments, kind of figuring out how to, you know, have these biled stressors, but in turn, it makes you more resilient Yeah, across the board, physically, emotionally, spiritually. So it's pretty cool. Um, all right. So let's go, let's uh, transition to magnesium. Uh, and I think magnesium is the most uh, important one out of the essential minerals. Um, at least from, when I say most important, at least from the soft tissue recovery standpoint, mm. and I'm speaking from my clinical experience as a massage therapist, um, that is, uh, that I, I see, not only do I see the benefits across the board when I get my clients supplementing magnesium, um, but uh, I've had my, you know, even personally, I've just benefited tremendously from supplementing magnesium, but, uh, yeah. So Mike, what about you? Like, uh, when did you start being aware or supplementing with magnesium? What was your experience? Um, I went to, and I believe it was a recommendation from you a while, so long ago to, to work with natural calm because I had some sleep issues. I wasn't sleeping well. And so that's one of the things I'm working on conquering is being able to get a good night's sleep because I was learning how v- obviously valuable sleep is to the mm-hmm. to not 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 sleeping itself but to me being able to function the next day quality sleep yeah. on top of just just sleep qual- good quality sleep right and to be able to function at a at a good 
at a good level the following day. Like if my sleep's off, mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't function as well. And I and I can feel it and I know it. It's like, dang. Um, so yeah, I experimented with the natural calm. Well, I didn't experiment yeah. with it. I've been taking it ever since, like years ago. Yeah. I mean, I have, it's down in my cupboard right now and I you, it helps me get to sleep. I try to go to sleep at 10 o'clock. A few minutes before 10, I take some, take some. I know it's going to, and I just, and it helps me sleep really yeah. well. Yeah, it's um so natural vitality calm. That's what I carry here at the recovery den. It's the only only magnesium that I carry just because I think it's the best on the market. Uh and it's not it's not not because of the brand, it's the actual form. So magnesium citrate. I'm sure there's some other companies that make magnesium citrate form. Um calm was brought to my attention actually by a naturopath uh integrative doc way back i don't know 10 years ago now so i started yeah i started taking calm before i got into like um i guess looking at it from a performance and longevity aspect um i was suffering this is going back to recovering from the car accident and everything i went through i was i suffered with migraines like really bad headaches and they were on a regular basis, like on a weekly basis, whether they were, you know, moderate tension headaches. Um, but those sometimes would lead to pretty severe migraines. Man, those are tough. Oh man. It was just, it was brutal, but it's, it's interesting. Uh, in hindsight now with the knowledge that I have in health and wellness, but also kind of looking back being a competitive athlete, it all makes sense. Um, so magnesium is a cofactor for over 300 enzymes in the body. And I don't know, you know, in comparison to the other essential minerals, I know that one just is like magnesium is one of, is probably the most important mineral of them all with it being a factor in 300 systems in the body. Uh, and, research and this is just you know quantitative or not quantitative data but uh um, data that they've been able to collect uh population data from people you know on regular hospital visits and stuff they show that across the board the population is low in magnesium kind of going back to the you know the problem with iodine at what point is it going to be such a problem Mm. that they're going to have to start, you know, infusing magnesium into our food. And that's exactly what's going on is there's wow. the, the, the only place that we can get magnesium is through dietary intake through food, basically fruits and vegetables. That's the highest source of magnesium. The unfortunate part is the soil is so depleted of minerals in, uh, you know, standard farming and then even some of like, you know, the permaculture farms and organic farms, like it's just, it's almost impossible to get the recommended daily values and the RDA value that there's a whole other story there too. Like even your RDAs aren't like, we should probably be getting more than what are the RDAs are recommending. Um, but anyway, so it, it's virtually impossible to get adequate levels of magnesium just through dietary intake. Yeah. And that's where su- supplementation is absolutely essential and key. Well, and I and I I did see the article couple articles all pointing that it's like it's somewhere like 70% of the population, which to me is a, yeah, a really high number. So you're right, at what point will, you know, that that critical uh 
point come when it's like, you know, we need to start adding magnesium because, but we're short of it now. So the other thing- We're short of it now. The other thing I, I was reading was that it's not only being short of it, but all kinds of things like sugar and uh, other things, I guess, deplete magnesium. So our diet, yep. our fast food diet, is that what you're going? I don't know if you're going to go there, but uh, I was just Yeah, that's exactly where, that's perfect. That's exactly where I was going. So beyond, so beyond the processed farming, the actual fast, certain foods deplete magnesium on top of it. Yeah. So we have, uh, let's, let's look at like the top three. So as far as things that deplete or, or cause magnesium to turn over at a high rate, one is stress. So anytime we stress, the man, like the body uses magnesium uh, to, I don't know the process in that, but basically we need magnesium to combat stress. And when we look at, you know, like the world we live in, guess what? It's, it's, we live in a stressful world, a high stressful world in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. So if we, you know, we probably need more than the recommended daily values. And if the 70% of the population is already, you know, under those, um, your 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 resilience to stress is gonna not be good, and you're probably gonna stress more. Like your the symptoms of stress are gonna be more intense. Um, mm. It might end up leading to anxiety. It might end up leading to panic attacks. Uh, ultimately, depression. Mm-hmm. So, being depleted and deficient in a, an essential mineral like magnesium, that's a cofactor for 300 systems in the body. Like it's over time, it's gonna cause these issues second one is uh physical exercise so when we and this is where i see this is one i see a lot so i get clients to come in super fit super active but when i look at their intake form guess what they're complaining about chronic tension chronic headaches aches and pains really sleep interesting okay and these are active individuals, right. but guess what? As soon as I get them on the table, so like my, I have an integrative approach to my body work. I, I always, I, I, there's three different things that I have to look at or I have to address. One is what caused the injury or the imbalance in the first place. So it could be movement or mm. it could be, it could be a mineral imbalance like magnesium that's just causing chronic tension through the entire system, okay. fascia system. Gotcha. And they're experiencing these neurological effects because, like, literally, they're just their body. They're kind of stressed out, and and the they're getting these aches and pains and sensations. So that's the first thing I look at is like, okay, what's causing it? Is it a mineral imbalance? Is it a, a movement, or is it a combination? And in, in a lot of times with the active people, it's a combination. Mm-hmm. They do something like CrossFit, but then they don't have adequate. Repl- they're not replenishing magnesium, so they are are they're they're already getting tight and tense from the workout. But this is not something we talked about yet, and that's really important. Is so when. And this is very, very basic, like way to describe it. Um, but the biochemical reaction in the muscle that causes movement, calcium, magnesium work together. So calcium causes contraction, and magnesium causes relax the relaxation. Vasodilator, so have, I understand, is what I yeah. right. So those two, calcium and magnesium, work synergistically with each other. So if you are in 
And most of the time, it's an imbalance of higher calcium levels and not enough magnesium. So if you're in a workout, you're contracting, contracting, fire, like high you know, calcium firing, and you have the calcium byproduct in the cell that needs to be washed, like moved out, metabolic waste, ma- magnesium is the one that binds to that, pulls it out, and it's also the one that relaxes the muscle. So that that's super important if you are an active individual. It's almost like, I don't want to say more important, but I, it, it, well, I guess the better way to put it is you might experience even more symptoms um, being low in magnesium if you're an active individual versus like not like super active sure. because of you're turning over more magnesium from physical exercise. And guess what? It's stressful too. Like exercise is stressful. Right. It's, a, it's a hormetic stress. Stressor. So you're going to be burning magnesium. Yeah. Um, so, and then the third part of it is from the body work. My, the way I approach it is, is addressing like getting their minerals in balance, identifying what's causing it, and then taking a pretty aggressive approach on body work. And, and most of the time, the combination of the magnesium, getting their magnesium, Magnesium levels topped off, leveled off, along with the the body work. It's enough to get them balanced out. Gotcha. Um, but it's hard because I'll get clients in here sometimes that I can tell they're they're holding chronic tension. They're obviously low on magnesium, and I'll suggest like, "Hey, do you do you supplement with magnesium?" I'm like, no. And I'll go through everything we just talked about, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah," and they won't implement it into their protocol, ah. and it's like. And it's hard for me because they come back second, third, fourth session. It's like, I can get them to a certain point, but if you, you know, you don't have those minerals in balance, the soft tissue is going to be compromised. Like it's gonna, it's going to affect, it's going to affect it. And especially with tension. I learned the hard way on, (laughs) I learned the hard way on the mineral imbalance at the infrared sauna and trail running. I mean, both places, I was somewhat dehydrated, but I'm sure I was depleted mineral before I got into even supplementing minerals because I was doing a lot and I wasn't really, I thought, oh, I'll just drink some water, you know, I'm sure I'll be fine. Yeah. And now I take electrolytes whenever I do sauna, whenever I go on a run, it's, I always do electrolytes and I feel yeah. amazing. I never have a, a bonking issue or like I'm going, you know, I just don't go south anymore. So... Yeah, and and you're like me. You have reverse osmosis water system. We have one at the den. We have one at home. Yeah, um, right. That's a <laughs> dead, that water is completely just like dead water. There's no minerals. Yeah, it's dead water. It's it's clean. It's pure. Yeah. But taking, you know, if you do have reverse osmosis system, it's it's good to put a pinch of you know sea salt in that, remineralize it. They even have trace mineral drops, but. Yeah, I mean, and, and you and I had uh, around the same time had a experience with minerals. I think that's why we were able to figure it out so quick because I I had purchased the sauna. I was already aware of the importance of minerals, but I kind of didn't. I didn't think about oh well, if my I take about five grams daily of of salt of sodium like Celtic salt mm. and. I had to, I mean, it's almost double that now. I'm going to probably take eight to 10 grams, but it's because doing, you know, saunas every day, the, the amount of sodium that I was depleting through sweat, I wasn't replenishing. So ultimately I caused some imbalances and was experiencing some like 
you know, a lot of different stuff. Yeah, your body will tell you that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially with like vertigo and like, I've noticed like dizzy, mm-hmm. you know, being dizzy vertigo, uh, and just, I don't know. Oh, I, feel I like had that too, man. That was, really... It was so bad. I remember just like, yep. it's like a crash and burn, man. Yeah. All right. So magne- that's magnesium. And then uh, as far as like, you know, ways you would want to implement that is you just pick up, pick up some magnesium citrate. Like I said, Mike and I love natural vitality, calm, mm-hmm. um, great product. Start taking that in the morning or evening three to five grams is uh, what I recommend. Um, and I actually do, I do five in the morning and five in the evening personally. So that's the great part about magnesium is once you figure out your dosage uh, and you'll, <laughs> you'll know real quick if you got too much too, you'll be in the bathroom yep. or nausea. So. Yeah, there are The side effects, <laughs> if you overdo it, there are some side effects that could, but you'll know, you'll be like, man, I, I don't feel so good right now. Yep. <laughs> That's why I always, you know, clients, I always start out with a, a teaspoon, about th- you know, three grams. Yeah. Um, you, you'll be fine. You can, you can increase from there. Uh, but you're better off doing smaller doses a couple times a day rather than just trying to go <laughs> big old scoop the first time. Yeah. Some of those um, scoops I noticed in some of the, some of the, you know, electrolyte stuff. That's, I don't know if they just want us to get through the bottle as fast as we buy more, but sometimes those scoops are like more than I feel like I need. Like I, I, once in a while, I'll get into trouble with like a full scoop of something. Yeah, I take either a teaspoon yeah. or in, I have the thorn, I take the thorn creatine and they have the five gram scoop in there. So I just, I take that scoop and uh, on that when it's empty, I just, that's what I use in my calm bottle. Yeah, Thorn's legit though. I mean, they you know they they make good stuff. Oh, so, yeah, Thorn and they yeah Thorn's got some magnesium supplements too. Mm-hmm. I've just been I've had such success not only with personally with with Calm but with my clients. So that's uh, what I recommend. Uh, so yeah, start in, um, in the morning. Some some of that Celtic sea salt, big old glass of water, three grams of that that Calm or a magnesium citrate. And that is an excellent way to start the day Man, to, yeah. to make sure that you're hydrating. And you'll find that drinking two liters of water uh, in the morning with that mineral, uh, with those minerals, your hydration, you won't need to drink. You won't be able to drink a gallon of water today, a day. Like, and you won't be peeing every hour or two hours that's the other thing and you overhydrate and you don't have you know, adequate sodium or mineral balance you pee it right out you won't you won't retain it uh-huh. so that's another thing if you're peeing too much that can be an indicator of a mineral imbalance in particular sodium so pay attention to that interesting um, and then the, the last one, uh, we talked a little bit about iodine. Iodine is definitely a really important mineral. Um, and you can get that in like your trace mineral drops and, or, uh, where I like to get it is seafood. So it, sardines, um, mackerel, any small fish, uh, even if you're taking a fish oil capsule daily, like omega three fish oil, um, you're going to get, you're going to get trace amounts of iodine. Um, but that's something to uh, pay attention to, especially if you have th- uh, thyroid, ten, you know, thyroid issues. Iodine is really important. Um, but the last one would be, as far as like essentials, 
just really paying attention to is potassium. Mm-hmm. Um, and potassium is uh, one that is it's a little. You got to be careful with potassium. I don't recommend my clients and athletes supplement with potassium unless they have identified. Hmm. Lost you for a sec. Oh, there there we go. Technical difficulties. Um, Unless you have a identified a deficiency in potassium through like working with your doctor and having labs done. Um, I would definitely consult with a doctor on supplementation and be, or be very careful. And the reason is, uh, potassium is not water soluble. So if you get too much magnesium, uh, you, you can kill yourself. That's um, really interesting. You say that, cause I was just looking up, uh, electrolytes and there was a couple up there like on Amazon that had yeah. like a thousand milligrams of potassium. It seemed to be, re- yeah. they seemed to recommend like a really high amount. But then I was looking at the reviews and people were like, I got sick. Like there was people that yeah. said they, that, you know, there was just too much potassium and they got, they got, uh, there were some side effects to it. So I was like, man, that just seems like a lot compared to everything else. Yeah. And the top, uh, longevity, uh, physicians, researchers, uh, health and performance coaches in my circle. Like I don't hear anybody recommending potassium supplementation unless what I just, you know, what I was saying, if, if you've identified uh, a deficiency with your, your doctor, um, or in labs and then be very, uh, smart about it. But, um, but with that said, I have noticed that potassium is not nearly an, an issue as much as magnesium is. Um, and potassium, there's a lot of foods are you know, rich sources of potassium, mm. like avocado, for example. That's that's my main source of, of potassium. I just eat a ton of avocados. No, and, and magnesium, I believe, is in avocados a, a fair yep. amount in there, too. Yep, dark chocolate as well. Yeah, that's my Magnesium. go-to for coffee. I, yeah, I got, I got the <laughs> super high cacao powder I stick in my coffee in the morning, so I know I'm getting some. Oh, it's funny when uh, you should see some clients that when they ask me like about oh where can I get what you know potassium or uh, magnesium like what foods because they don't want to like break down and buy the calm. Yeah, and I'm like dark chocolate, and they're looking at me like, are you serious? I'm like, no, serious, <laughs> chocolate, but you're probably going to have to eat a lot to get you know, three to five yeah. grams worth. You tell anybody, just eat a Snickers bar, and you'll be fine. And they're like, yeah, but it's not a, not in a Snickers yeah. bar. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. So, um, I would say, last little fun fact, or like cool fact about magnesium, um, magnesium citrate Magnesium in particular is, uh, or I should say magnesium, magnesium citrate in particular is used in clinical settings uh, with functional uh, integrative doctors and um, psychologists or psychiatrists, um, some like, you know, cutting edge psychiatrists will use high dose magnesium to combat depression, anxiety, and some of these mental health disorders. So mm. there's there's not enough research yet, but there's definitely um, there's a very much a nootropic effect with magnesium. Like it, it's it 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 has a, a, a it, it affects our our mental health in a big way if we're deficient in it. I don't think like any other mineral does. So kind of a cool thing if you do start supplementing magnesium. Um, 
I, your mood, you're probably, you know, sleep and mood and stress to resilience to stress is going to improve for sure. Yeah, no, I, I found that out uh, on the trail. As a matter of fact, one of my buddies was telling me about, cause he's kind of making fun of me for taking magnesium on the trail, but you know, then, then he was letting me know that, uh, one of his, I think it was his son that they were using. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Magnesium. Yep, I remember that for for to help him with I think depression anxiety therapy. So they were using magnesium as one of the tools to find out what his you know if that would help in terms of his. Uh, and I and actually I, I reached out to him to see you know what the follow up was on it, and he said, well, they used it for a few weeks to see if it would help, um, but they didn't. Yeah. I do. He says I don't believe that they've he's used it since then. So I don't know if they found a result. But I understand it's very hard to measure magnesium in terms of uh, your your levels because I understand that somehow that's a lot of it's in the bone or in the tissue somewhere in the tissue that's hard to get to. Red, red blood cells. So there's a RB. There's a red blood cell magnesium test that you can have done. Um, that's the best way to to really you know, figure out what your levels are. But I'm honestly, I'm more of a being intuitive with your body. Like mm -hmm. you'll notice when you start magnesium supplementation, you'll notice the benefits right away. And the, the more you continue that supplementation, it's not something, it's not a performance supplement. This is something that you should be taking daily. Um, but magnesium takes time to, to, uh, like basically to build your levels up. Mm. It's not like you take five grams and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, my levels are back up. It, it'll take time, um, and through that time, you'll 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 notice benefits across the board. And but uh, if you do, yeah, you can do a, a magnesium test for sure, which is not a bad idea if you're if you got some underlying health conditions or you're suffering with some things you can't figure it out. Um, it's always a good idea to have some labs done for sure. Hmm. Nice. Uh, um. Oh, one thing else I was going to mention that we didn't talk about. Uh, with also magnesium, it causes a high turnover and we'll do another future episode on this, but exposure to non-native EMF signals mm. um, hmm. and non-native EMF. So basically dirty electricity from Wi-Fi routers and smart meters and our, all of our tech devices, they emit these uh, electrical electric magnetic frequencies that are non-native so meaning they're not the what we're used to in the natural environment um and there are some rat studies that show exposure to these non-native emf fields open calcium channels they're called calcium channels in the cell so, um, crazy. so kind of kind of think of a this this door um that is either open or shut and lets calcium in and out of the cell. And when we are exposed to these, these frequencies that these doors open and it floods the cell with calcium. And what we talked about earlier with magnesium, there's a balance of cal calcium and magnesium. So not only are we deficient and, and low, uh, like low amounts in our food, but there's, we're also being exposed to these non-native EMF fields that are depleting magnesium because of the influx of these gated calcium channels that are opened in the cell. Wow. So it's, it's all, that's another reason why I forgot to, you know, forgot to mention it, but that's a, it's another reason why we should, all of us should be supplementing 
magnesium just because of the current environment. Like right. this is an environment we've never lived in before. And if, I mean, even if it's a rat study on, you know, in mice, like we should still a lot of time, you know, okay, well, if it's affecting the cell like that, it's open gate gated calcium channels. It's probably going to do that in humans too. So just being aware of those things. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Right. So I think that's enough, uh, enough to chew on for today. Oh man, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess we're just a quick wrap up. Um, start paying attention to what salt you're consuming. We talked about sodium first, get rid of your, your standard table salt. Um, try to be mindful and get rid of the, you know, eating all that package stuff that's got this high sodium uh, preservatives in it. That's not the good salt and replace it with a Celtic salt, um, a good sea salt. Uh, and then second, we talked about magnesium, the importance of magnesium. Uh, uh, we recommend magnesium citrate in particular, uh, natural vitality, calm natural vitality mm -hmm. is the company. The product is calm magnesium citrate. And, uh, I would suggest a teaspoon, three to five grams daily and increase depending on activity levels and stress. Mm. And then uh, we have potassium. So potassium, be careful with that one. I don't recommend supplementation unless you're working with a doctor and having labs drawn up. Um, but foods that are rich in potassium, like we said, are uh, avocado and dark chocolate. Did you throw another one out I'm there? I'm sure there's more. I could probably pull them up, but yeah. Yeah. I think banana, we bananas. Didn't talk about, I think bananas have a lot of bananas. Petrol, yeah, I know bananas are higher in potassium. Um, they're a good source of potassium. We didn't talk about calcium. Uh, calcium is is really important, especially for uh, females. Um, you know, after like really start paying attention to after after fifty, mm. um, osteoporosis is a big thing. But uh, you know. Another one of those you probably want to have labs done. Talk to your doctor with calcium intake because if you get too much, you cause calcification and kidney stones and and that good stuff. Especially if you don't have your magnesium in balance. But as far as foods go, leafy greens are the best way to get your your natural calcium in. Mm -hmm. And so. I see leafy greens for um, potassium too, and as well as yep. nuts and lean meats and whole grains. So I mean. Although whole grains would be debatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because exactly. they are not whole anymore. No, we won't even get yeah, into that. That's a, the that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, well, I bet. Yeah. So basically we, we really only recommend, recommend supplementing magnesium as far as something you want to implement right away. That's it's magnesium is water soluble. So if you get too much, you'll just be in the bathroom. You're not going to kill yourself. But, uh, Anyways, well, I, uh, I, get those I noticed my electrolytes have a low number of a, a small amount of potassium. So I'm sure in electrolytes, it's probably just a trait. It's not a lot. They don't, you know, it's not. It's all. Yeah. Yeah. That totally. And that's what I'm, and, and I think with, if basically you wouldn't want to take three to five grams of potassium. Gotcha. Like it, it's not. And I haven't researched and, and dug into potassium as much as I have with magnesium, just because magnesium is so, I think it's. You know, it's a big problem. Yeah. Not as much as potassium is with low levels, but yeah. All awesome. right. Um, 
get you guys' minerals in balance. You'll feel amazing. You'll thank us. Um, I think it's breath work and, and hydration, mineral and uh, mineral balance. Oh, yeah. Like, those are all it's, part of the game. God, it's huge. Yep. Like you get those dialed in and everything else across the board is going to yep. increase. Improve. Longevity, your overall, just uh, everything. So Love it. Sweet. Uh, quick updates. Like I said, starting tonight, well, we're recording on Thursday. We're, we release on Mondays, but every Thursday, 5.30, Recovery Yoga with Melanie Williams at the Mount Wellness Recovery Den. We'd love to have you here, really trying to build community and um, you know, just have want to build this community. Dang, I'm so jealous. I yeah. want to be there. I'm like, I'm, I'm just a <laughs> couple states away. <laughs> Dude. In time, man. In, in time. time. Maybe we'll end up opening a recovery den in the SoCal area eventually. That'd be pretty sick. Serve our our California crowd. Um, and then uh, what was the other one? We're oh, so June fifth, uh, we are in the process of. Well, June fifth, we're doing a yoga retreat. Um, well, it'll be a one day sort of yoga. Uh, workshop slash retreat at the recovery den also with Melanie Williams. And that's going to be a fundamentals, like basic intro nice. to yoga. And we're going to have awesome like food. Uh, we'll have some like uh, farm to table, fresh organic food catered. Uh, but I think we're going to cap that around 15 people. So if you're interested in that, uh, shoot me an email at uh, let's go ahead and do it at info at mountainwellness.life. If that's something you're interested in, if you're in the Helen area, um, I think that's it on the updates. Awesome. Uh, so sweet. Anything on your end, Mike? No, man. I'm just, I'm thinking about getting out on a run today. So I'm going to go do a trail run. You're going to go do a trail run and I'm going to go actually do another sauna kettlebell workout with, uh, our athlete, Mike Elliott. So I'll let you know how that goes. So we'll see you on the mountain. I'll be on the mountain. <laughs> All right, brother. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Thanks, everybody. Right. Later. Yep. Later, guys.